This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. 93-7, the ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakovan. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Welcome back on the block. Is he Strick here? I'm here with my partner, not Jake Bakovin, but my partner of the day, Nate. Nate Doggy Dog has joined us on the block, and we are going to basically talk a little bit now about the hitting the hardwood segment of our show because it's the NBA playoffs right now. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And uh, there were some wild and crazy games that happened on last night, one to the detriment of a team that got ousted and they're gone fishing, another a detriment that took them down 3-2 when they thought they were going up 3-2 about to go home. But we'll start off by uh, talking a little bit. How do you see the playoffs this year? How do you value and rank it? Or, you know, have you enjoyed it at this point, Nate? What, 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 what do you think about how the playoffs is going so far? Yeah, I've enjoyed it on the Western Conference side. The East has been a little bit more chalk, a little bit more predictable, but – I tell you what, Strick, I felt really good there for a second about my Timberwolves pick. I said Timberwolves in six. They were on the verge of winning. John Morant does some John Morant things. They blow it. They collapse. Now they're going back to Minnesota. Again, I think if you're up 3-2 and you head back to Minnesota, it's a wrap. End it. Finish it. Unfortunately, here we are. But, yeah, I think the Western Conference has been a lot more, a lot more exciting, a lot more fun. But... The second round Eastern Conference, I think they might take the cake because that's when it's going to get really, really fun. Get really tight. I mean, when you really look at it, though, right, the, the series that we're going to talk about first is this Memphis, the Memphis and mm. the Minnesota series. That's now 3-2. Um, the last three games, game three, four, and five, have literally been by a total of 13 points. Wow. I mean, yeah. in three games. Mm. So game three ended, that was probably, you know, of the last three games, the most of them, they won by nine. And then the last one in game four was by one point where Minnesota just pulls it out. And then Memphis returns the favor and pulls it out against the Minnesota team. And they win 111 to 103 on a tremendous roll with the left hand by John Morant. And he's probably got the dunk of the year that I yeah. saw. Listen, yeah. there's so much I wanted to say about that, but I, <laughs> all I could just say is, ooh, we knocked <laughs> it back and went to the heavens on him. I'm like, yo, this this kid is a freak mm -hmm. of nature and what he does and blocking shots and dunking on people and, and creating uh, uh, basketball cards on, on, on the backs mm -hmm. of people that decide to take the challenge and meet him <laughs> in the paint. Um, but listen, the Wolves had probably the craziest sequence of plays that happened in that specific game. Mm -hmm. 
where, you know, first of all, it started crazy run. We're going to talk about how dumb the Wolves are as far as their basketball play. We'll talk about that. But you're talking about back-to-back plays, Anthony Edwards in the corner when it looked like it was over, you know, um, you know, free throws, and then Ja Morant on the roll, and 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 just Bain hitting one. It, it was just on a on a rebound, and it got them really back into the game because it looked like Minnesota was about to run away with it. Secured a rebound, kicks it out. Bain ends up knocking one down. Listen, that was a crazy sequence in the final minute and a half of that game that I thought just set me on fire. But well, let me just say how you thought about it. What, I mean, what did you think about that crazy sequence of plays? <sighs> just back to back, one after the other. You just didn't know who was going to be able to pull it out. No, and, and all showed up. I my my biggest question that I have with myself is this: just an indication that the Timberwolves are a young team that are not ready? Are they poorly coached? Uh, are they just do they just choke? Because we saw it too, Strick. In I believe it was Game Three, or maybe it was Game No, it was Game Three. The Timberwolves were up by 25 points on two separate occasions. Yeah. And in third quarter was one of them. Completely collapsed. Last night, they were up by 11 points. With, I believe it was seven and minutes left. At one point. And 13. Yes, it was six. It was, I think maybe five. 13 with at least just about over six. And, and then you collapse yeah. again. So I, I don't know if this is an indication that they're just young. I don't think they're coached great. I know you have probably some better, more thoughtful analysis than that when it comes to coaching because you played the game at the NBA level, but I, I don't really know how to interpret this. And I, if, if you're the Timberwolves, you got to be kicking yourself, right? I mean, you've had two Ooh. separate occasions. This series should have been over. It should. It, Let's just be real about it. This series should have been over. This should be over. And if you're the Grizzlies, you can't be very confident either, I don't think. And I heard Stephen A. say this morning, he said, I wouldn't be surprised if the if the Grizzlies went to the Western Conference Finals. Really? I would be shocked the way that they've played recently. I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm not confident in either of these teams right now. I don't really know how to interpret it. I, I'm curious your actual analysis behind the coaching because from what I've seen as the fan, not great. But if someone that's played the game, do you think coaching is kind of that one thing that's really been holding them back? I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to really say coaching. I just think it's dumb basketball. Right. It, I mean, it's the stuff that they're doing um, that is allowing them to be able to get back in the game. It's dumb basketball, meaning that you, they're taking terrible shots. Mm-hmm. I mean, they 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 have the leads. That's when you go pound it. You've got. Uh, big cat sitting outside, yeah. still shooting threes. Mm-hmm. You've got him in foul trouble Bingo. in one of the series games, yeah. and you're not attacking the rim. Then you're downhill attacking if you're Carl uh, Anthony Towns, and you're literally just a charge waiting to happen. You make a little bit of adjustments, but at the end of the day, you're still making dumb basketball decisions. Anthony Edwards, they're taking kind of fall away step backs. All these Carl Anthony Towns in the last game tried to be Dirk Nowitzki. You, you that ain't in your game, my guy. No. Be solid, make the right plays, go downhill, get to the free throw line, close the game off, run solid plays. But then they get into, I'm gonna make this three, and I'm gonna take a 12 point lead and make it 22. That don't work like that, and that's what they're trying to do. And so they're playing dumb basketball, as you alluded to. They had multiple 20 point leads in this game. Now, mind you, 
this game is a game of runs. The game is so fast. It happens so quick. That's a part of the game. You're going to have runs. That's where you see the difference between them, a young Minnesota team with a veteran in, mm-hmm. in Patrick Beverly and, and just a few others sprinkled in there, but mostly a young team that has never been in this position mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Then you have a Boston uh, Celtics team that in 18 loses uh, in, a, in, a, in a drastic way mm-hmm. similar to what Minnesota's doing right now mm-hmm. to a LeBron James-led uh, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers team yes. in, in, in getting back into that. But they go to seven. Mm-hmm. They learn so much from that. So I, I, I'm not going to totally bash Minnesota in this instance because they're going to learn from right. this. They're, they're, if they lose this series or if they win, they better, they better learn from it quick mm-hmm. if they win. But they're going to lose learn from it tremendously if they lose. But here's the problem. Anthony Edwards makes the bozo move that you never do. You <laughs> don't do this in high this. school. Right. You don't do this in college. You don't do this in AAU Wee. Mm-hmm. With that kind of time left on, listen, with the kind of time that was left on the clock, you can get from almost the three-point line to the free throw line mm-hmm. on a running start with the dribble to right. get to a pull-up jumper, right? So you definitely don't want to allow – that man going for a steal, the steal does nothing from you. If he hits that shot, you shake his hand. You say, yo, man, you were the better man tonight. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't, you win the game. But the percentages go way up on the behalf of Memphis Grizzlies when you let the one of the most athletic players in the NBA of the day to have free reign at the rim right. with a guy who doesn't want to foul and all he can do is challenge. Don't know if he's going to be a poster on that situation or if he's going to lay it up. He mm. funk rolls it with the left. Right. You lose the game at the buzzer. Dumbo move. That was one of the other ones. They're up 13, as you as I said, mm. with 9.33 left in the game. Crazy. And it falls apart. The other bad part where I say they're a dumb basketball team, You, I don't care who you are. This is in college, and this is in high school. You cannot win games turning the ball over 23 times. Simple as that. Right. And that's where their debacle is, and that's why they find themselves right now down 3-2. Now, do you think it's more of, from the Anthony Edwards perspective, because I knew you were going to bring that up, and I knew uh, you were going to be upset with that. Do you think that's more of just him being a younger player and he doesn't know? Or do you think it's more just he's not thinking in the moment? Because I, I, I genuinely don't know what's going through his head, because you can ask anyone that just casually watches the game. It's like, come on, man, what are we doing here? So here's, here's where I think coaching's an issue, right? Mm-hmm. Because maybe not from the head coaching standpoint, but definitely from the assistants. Because this is what assistants would do in a situation when you have a young team like the Minnesota Timberwolves. You would get those type of guys, those young guys, because they're already falling apart. They've right. fallen apart in multiple series Twice games. now, yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's not like you, you, you can just uh, rely on the fact that they're pros. Most instances, a pro, a seasoned pro would know that that's not the shot or to foul or to get up under him or any of the things that a NBA ref would be looking for in that specific situation. You do not give them any instance to make a decision. You just put your hands up, you straight up, you give him space and you give him chance to fall and come down. Mm -hmm. If he kicks his feet, you know by rule it's going the other way, right? So there's the problem I see is that that coaches, the assistant coaches, should have definitely got with all of them as they're finishing up the huddle before they walk out on the court. And you say, listen, whatever they do, 
it's a jumper. You're forcing mm-hmm. them out. Do not give them straight line to the basket in any form or fashion. If he gets by you, the thing to do is let him go to the big man mm-hmm. and you go to the next the next play for the rebound right. or the missed shot. That's the things you would have a discussion with a young team about. They didn't have that discussion. It was a Dumbo move. It was a Dumbo play, and you're Dumbo down 3-2. <laughs> I want to mention, too, Carl Anthony Towns because this is just kind of something that I've seen across the landscape of, of basketball is these seven-footers now, they want to shoot threes. Look, I understand Carl Anthony Towns – Statistically, great three-point shooter, especially for his size. What a three-point contest. That's right. I mean, he can stretch the floor. Don't get me wrong. The guy can shoot. But in, in situations where you're up by 13 in the fourth quarter, I feel like you got to be able to pound the basketball and get it inside. I don't know if that's just the way that I was always kind of taught from a young age, and, and maybe it's just a generational thing too. And, and watching the early 2000s, I mean, if you have a player like Carl Anthony Towns, I don't know, let's say Shaquille O'Neal, you think I, I guarantee the Lakers – Boom, you're up big in the fourth quarter, Shaq, 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 get it into the paint. And, and it's just, especially Carl Anthony Towns is a good free throw shooter. I just don't understand the need to keep shooting three-pointers and being on the three-point line. And they're, and they're one of their best defensive block guys in, in, in for, for Memphis is on the bench exactly. fouling out. Exactly, right. So even the more it. you're yeah. attacking him, even the more you're down there forcing double teams, you're down there forcing them to shrink the floor, you're down there creating opportunities on – Kickouts, shot yes. fakes, drive to the basket, next pass, corner, wide open. Mm-hmm. That's what you're getting into. Okay, if you're taking a wide open three I as get a professional, yeah. you should be knocking yeah. it down at a 7 to 10 uh, wide open clip. You should be right. hitting 7 out of 10 of those wide open. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's, that's, I mean, that's what we did in practice. I mean, right. if we weren't hitting 7 to 8 of them in practice, we didn't leave the gym. So that's one of the things that they did not do. They did not work in that specific area. He got started smelling himself he hit a couple and he decided he wanted to stay out there bad move so yeah i'm not gonna harp on it do you have <laughs> anything else to more talk about the dumbo moves with the big ears and he's flying all over the place flapping his ears in the circus that's what happened last hey week. hey i'm just upset strict because my hot take yesterday you remember it i said minnesota in six i was feeling confident i was watching the game last night i said you know what maybe i can come back and talk about how how much of a genius i am picking minnesota in six they let me down, so I'm a little bit upset with that. Well, let's move on to the next one that I think was a, a quite interesting one. The reason being is that Chris Paul had one of the worst playoff games of his career, mm-hmm. and he had a bounce-back game mm-hmm. that helped uh, uh, Devin Booker um, on the bench-ish Phoenix Suns to pull out a great win against a tough tough New Orleans Pelicans team that was playing quite well at home in their building. They got the job done and they did it in great fashion by beating the uh, New Orleans Pelicans 112 to 97. Um, How did you view that particular game? And how do you, how do you view the bounce back? Because he was frustrated, you know, uh, Grand Theft Alvarado had him quite frustrated, but he, <laughs> he seemed did. to have it have it going on last night. Hey, Got to his mid range, and his assist numbers were high. Hey, Alvarado, ACC guy. Uh, maybe, uh, I know you like that ACC action, but uh, I, I didn't know if I really appreciated on Patrick Beverly, but better. Come on, man. Let's tone it down a little bit. But uh, the biggest thing that I take away from this is you're the one seed. You're there for a reason. The Pelicans are 36 and 46 on the year. They're 17 and 24 on the road. 
for I mean, reasons. I mean, mm-hmm. Come on. I mean, these are games that you have to win. And we talked about it yesterday. If you're the Phoenix Suns and you lose this game, series is done. This is a must-win game. Uh, I-, I think moving forward, it's going to be really difficult without Devin Booker. CP3 showed up, man, but I don't know if – let me ask you this, Strick. I know there probably aren't many defenders in the NBA that are to Alvarado's level. I mean, he can play some serious defense, and he's a pest. And I don't know. It's he's, just, he, he's younger, and that might help out. But is this figuring out Chris Paul and knowing how to get kind of under his skin, or is this just you have an elite defender that, that's kind of figured him out? Well, I, I don't want to say figuring out, but here's the thing. Like us as veteran players in our age, we like to get into comfort, right? right. So I remember a lot in my in my day, I was I was that kind of pesky guy like him, just a little bigger, just more in a mm-hmm. physical aspect. Um, a lot of players on back-to-backs, like you'd have a Baron Davis or you'd have uh, sometimes even Allen Iverson or or guys like that, they'd come over to me and be like, straight, man, I'm tired tonight, man. Come on, man. Just, 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 just. Because they know what I'm, they know what I'm That's going awesome. They know I'm going to be physical. They right. know I'm going to hound them. They know I'm there. They know they're going to have to work. That's so awesome. It, it's the same way that right. I looked at, like, having to guard Reggie Miller or having to guard Rip Hamilton, where I knew these cats were going to be running all night. So I was like, dang, I got to get my sleep. I got to eat my pasta. I got to make sure I get a good nap in because I'm going to be running all freaking night. That's, That's awesome. Chris Paul wanted to get into a nice little, he wanted, he just wants to get into a comfort. He doesn't want to have to expend a lot of energy. He wants to be able to take his time, get up down court. That's when I used to hate guys like Carl <laughs> uh, Malone and all these guys when I'm pesking, doing the same thing to John Stockton. And these guys are setting me up and setting back picks. I'm surprised that they didn't do the same thing for him, basically setting him up and lay a good one on him, but have him looking around and making sure he ain't doing all that crazy stuff anymore. But nonetheless, I mean, Chris Paul finished up, had a great game, 22-11, and 11, mm-hmm. bounced back from that subpar game. DeAndre Ayton showed up with 19-9. and nine. <clears throat> And then Bridges, Bridges was phenomenal on the night as well. Yeah. They, but they took advantage of timely turnovers and, and, and some issues that, um, communication issues. Brandon Ingram still doing what he do, you know, had a solid 22 and, and C.J. McCollum, they had a great, great time, but they had a slow start. They got they got off to a slow start, so the Suns never trailed in this game, wow. and they had 15 turnovers. So those things that you have to do on the road to be able to, you know, secure it, you know, and you can't have those issues on the road. you got to be real solid because that allows transition, and you, as you can see, they got a lot of dunks. Cameron Payne and, mm-hmm. uh, got, and got in the rhythm. Once they get the crowd into it, Cameron Johnson got a nice one-handed jam on a fast break. Um, so a lot of those things uh, allow the crowd into it. And as an, a road team, you got to take the crowd out of it. And they didn't do a good job of that last night. Therefore coming up short, 112-97. I got a, a couple questions, Strick. The first one I have for you, uh, who laid the hardest pick on you? So it sounds like you were kind of that that pest, that pesky guy. So who was really laying down the hammer with the picks? Carl Malone. And and I was and, and I was so mad at my teammates that I almost got in a fight on the floor. Really? I almost looked like they did today. Because I'm up there pressuring and I don't know if it was I can't remember if it was AC Green or if it was Dirk or Sean Brown. I can't remember who it was, but I'm telling you, I was pressuring hounding him and he set me up so good and Carl put a shoulder into me, dang near shattered my collarbone. Oof. And, uh, yeah, that wasn't good. I was not happy about it when I went to the bench. I let him know, too. Let me ask you this, too. I feel like you wouldn't be too happy. Bridges, in the 15-point win, plays 47 minutes. Is that going to have any type of impact later on in the playoffs? 
No, I, I, they, they have to do that. You have to be right. able to fill that void for, for Booker. They did that last night. I would say as you get later, those depth issues begin to wear mm-hmm. on you because he, he's not a very big, strong, yeah. physical guy. So that wear and tear overly over time. But he's young, so those kids can run forever, you know, in their early years of their contract. So <laughs> you got so it. Yeah, they, yeah, let them go. Yeah, that's the part that yeah, that's the part. <laughs> but um as we finish up on the segment before we take a break, um we we want to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. And the Atlanta Hawks basically were running, they were doing good, they looked like they were gonna be able to pull it out. And then all of a sudden they fall apart. And again, as we talked about here on the block. Trey Young was not able to yep. lead them through. The doggone Miami Heat was missing Kyle Lowry and their one of their best players in Jimmy Butler. But the difference between this Miami Heat team is that they play defense, and the mm-hmm. defense showed up, got the job done, shut Trey Young down. Victor Oladipo filled in the gap, had 23. Bam Adebayo went nuts for 20 and 11. That gave them the strength they needed to overcome whatever strength that the Atlanta Hawks was bringing to this game. And at the end of the day, they came up short. They had good balance. Tyler Hero had 16. Max Strauss had a Struss had 15. Caleb uh, Martin added a, a you know just a little balance as well with 10. So they had great balance with the absence of Butler and Lowry, and that's where it was. Young again, two for 12 from the floor, just 11 points. But DeAndre Hunter ended up going nuts for 35 which even kept them in this game but the leader of their team did not get the job done there you go start getting me going deandre hunter another acc guy uh (laughs) the other thing um that that really stands out to me and i want to get your thoughts on this we we've talked about this it's the nba playoffs man like I, i understand jimmy butler's been beat up this season didn't play 82 games to begin with it was a wrap they won even without kyle lowry and jimmy butler but it's the playoffs. Like it, a closeout game. It blows my mind. And I know that's the <clears> NBA, <throat> and I know that they're deep. They proved that they're probably one of the deepest teams in the NBA, if not the deepest team in the NBA by able to win this game. But you're supposed to be the franchise player, and you're sitting out of a closeout playoff game? I don't care who you're playing against. It just blows my mind. And if you're playing 82 games during the season and you're beat up, sure, maybe that's one thing. He played 57 games this season. That part. And now Michael you're going to sit out of a playoff you, game? Come you on, say man. Michael Jordan is right. not the greatest. The man <laughs> played crazy. Listen, he would play with broken hands, torn up ankles, all kinds of With the of flu. Issues. He played with the Sick. flu. He was not sitting out of a freaking right. game. So, they, 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 I don't listen, I don't even want to dig into that one. It's soft. <laughs> S-O-F-T, soft, cottonelle soft, the kind that you use when you go upstairs and you sit in the the bathroom with the magazine. That's the kind of softness I see in them. Even myself, when I didn't play at my best, I had a second degree ankle sprain. I was still out there trying to give what I could to my team to to, to see. It probably hurt me a little bit doing that, but at the end of the day, I still was trying to give it. With a with a with a dislocated thumb, all of that. So is that just listen, the NBA these? That. Is that just the NBA these days? Because I think about it from a fan perspective too. I know this is a little bit different, but if I'm paying a hundred dollars to see LeBron James and LeBron James decides he wants to load manage that day, I'm mad. Like I am livid, and I feel like that happens so many times. And it's just, I guess, the nature of the NBA these days. 
it is part of the way it is. And I don't like it, but hey, right. it is the way it is. I think they may address that in the new CBA that comes up. Right. They may say there may be some, you know, docking of pay if you're just, wow. if you're not yeah. really injured and you're sitting out and then they're going to start trying to make, it's going to be a game of cat and mouse. Right. Specific. I'm hurt. I'm hurt today. Yeah, right. <laughs> Are you okay. sure about that? Right. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Philly, Toronto, they, they play on Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, we have uh, Boston chilling at the crib, uh, eating on donuts and, and, and popcorn, watching the series go down. And then you've got Milwaukee that's going to jump off tonight against Chicago in a potential closeout game. 7.30, they start on TNT. I will be checking that one out. Going over onto uh, the other side on Thursday as well, Utah and Dallas is looking for a closeout game where Dallas leads 3-2 in that series. Um, we don't see another one from Memphis and Minnesota until Sunday. Woo, big break there. Actually, no, I'm tripping. Friday to get it going uh, on ESPN. We do not know the time on that mm-hmm. one yet. And Golden State will be the other game that pops off tonight oh, yeah. at 10 o'clock on TNT. They are looking to close that series out as well. But we've got to take a break right now on the block. 93.7 The Ticket FM, thank you for joining as well. We'll be right back. And we'll talk a little bit about the college football back half of the top 10. And we'll be back right here on the block after these messages.